You're listening to The Wrap. Sportsnet 590, the fans, Raptors postgame show. Lowry inbounds to Van Vliet, ahead, ahead to Ibaka, far wing, surge, three ball, no good. Harris grabs the rebound, and that'll do it. The 15-game winning streak has come to an end. 101-91, the Brooklyn Nets beat the Toronto Raptors, and we haven't said it in a long time, the Raptors lose. Yeah, they can all be masterpieces. A 15-game win streak. It was bound to eventually, eventually stop. I honestly thought they could get it to the All-Star break. Welcome in to the wrap. Brent Gunning here, my good buddy Sam McKee alongside with me. Sam, you uh, excited? I know not the uh, not the game we hope to be talking about, but uh, excited to do the show tonight. Definitely. And uh, my big-time takeaway from this game is teams lose in the NBA. You know, if you win 15 in a row, sometimes you lose. That yeah. happens. Yeah, I think uh, no one's going to go 82 and 0. Uh, we've yet to see it. I don't think we ever will. Uh, Eric Smith, you heard him on the call. He uh, happens to uh, join us right now. Uh, Eric, uh, thanks for taking the time. How are you doing tonight? Good, guys. Yeah, obviously, uh, obviously a frustrating one, but I, I guess uh, we'll just start with your your kind of thoughts on the win streak as a whole. I mean, the, these things are special. Ripping off 15 in a row very rarely happens. Uh, we haven't seen it from a Canadian team in any sport ever. Just kind of, uh, you know, like to start off with just your thoughts on the win streak as a whole. Yeah, I mean, I think it was incredible considering uh, the fact that the Raptors did it still in the face of all of the injuries that were piling up and continue to pile up and, and, and are, you know, still a- – hurting the team in a sense uh, with Gasol out and, and uh, uh, Powell still sidelined. It was nice to see Serge Ibaka get back into the lineup. But, uh, you know, for this team to, to kind of continue to still battle through uh, in spite of the injury issues, I think it's been impressive. And you know, Nick Nurse talked about it a little bit before the game. I, I don't know if you guys heard it on the pregame show. Maybe you can play it later in your show. But he kind of addressed how they won in a lot of different ways during the, the win streak. And there were some ugly games that they managed to, to pull games out. And there were other games where they, they you know battled back and, and had to overcome deficits, et cetera. They, they just kind of found ways to win. Uh, in unique and new ways to win on on multiple occasions, and that to me said something about them as a team overall. That you know showed how good they can be, uh, and I and I think that hopefully you know hopefully plays well into late in the season and into the playoffs when you know you've got to go with different lineups or rely on different players or uh, just know that you can play different styles defensively or offensively uh, on any given night. So you know hopefully that's a good thing. We saw some good signs from this team, and uh, this was uh, just not their night tonight to say the least funny you're just talking about how they've done it in a bunch of different ways and I mean this is more of a statement than a question but I just can't believe how locked in I was in this game I mean they were never really in it in the second half but they just the amount of times they've come back in these sort of games where they've been down and look like they're out of it I mean I was locked into the very very end I was watching the broadcast and Matt Devlin was talking about how it wasn't over you were talking about how it wasn't over. I mean you have to be like that because they've just come back in so many games like this yeah, I, I think Jonesy was noting that, uh, you're right, during the broadcast where, um, you know, because of the fact that the Raptors continued to battle and they were fighting and, and, and going strong, they were getting their opportunities. I mean, there were multiple times. How many times did we say it was down to it was down to, to eight? They could get it down to five or six with a, with a three ball. You know, it was down to nine. They could get it down to six or seven. They could cut this thing, and it just seemed like every time they had an opportunity um, – you know, to, to kind of carve into this thing a little bit more. They just could not come up with the shot. But, you know, Jonesy noted that even though it's a 10-point lead, an 11-point lead, and, and a bucket makes it 13 or makes it 14, Brooklyn still had to play hard because of the fact that the Raptors just weren't going away and they were still playing hard. And you did kind of get that sense 
You know, that even with that late three ball from Siakam, it was still a 10-point lead for Brooklyn. But, okay, is this the surge that's coming now for Toronto? Are they going to be able to push through in the fourth quarter? They're, they're gaining some momentum. And I think because of that win streak, because of how well they've played, because of how they've won in so many different ways, yeah, there was that sense that Brooklyn still had to keep playing as hard as they were to fend off the potential comeback. So how much did you think the – because, I mean, I was maybe it's a little bit of a – problem falling in love with what I read on Twitter but I mean a ton of people on Twitter were sort of talking about the fouls as a narrative in this game and the discrepancy in foul shots but from my eye I didn't think it was a huge a huge storyline but I'd like to get your thoughts on that I thought it was a storyline. I mean, I, we can split hairs here and say if it was huge or not. Yeah. But uh, you know, it, it looks good, or it looks more um, uh, palatable when you look. Uh, yeah, I guess fair. I mean, it's still almost double twenty-five to thirteen the attempts. Uh, so at least it's not triple, which it was for pretty much the entire night. Uh, but I believe, if I'm not mistaken, seven of those thirteen came in garbage time for the Raptors. Toronto had one free throw in the second half with about four minutes and 20 seconds left in the game. I mean, that's ridiculous to me. So uh, I'm not going to sit here and say that the refs lost the game, the refs screwed the Raptors. No, Toronto shot the ball uh, poorly tonight. They only shot 38% from the floor. But, you know, when you, when you break it all down, I just sent the tweet out myself. I mean, and listen, this is where you can twist and turn numbers any way you want. But Brooklyn was 36 of 88. The Raptors were 34 of 90. So Brooklyn made two more on two less attempts. Brooklyn had 17 turnovers. The Raptors had 13. Raptors had 13 triples. Brooklyn had nine. I mean, we're, we're essentially talking about evening out in, in almost all of the categories. But then you look and say 20 of 25 from the free throw line versus 10 of 13. And again, at least set five, if not seven of those free throws in garbage time down the stretch. You know, at one point, uh, I, I said it was uh, triple. I think it was 25 to, to eight, the free throw attempts. Uh, and as I note again, one free throw attempt for the Raptors in the second half with 4.20 to go in the ballgame. That, to me, was a major difference. And, and I don't think I can sit here and say that in spite of the fact that, yes, they did take 43 three-ball attempts tonight, uh, I don't know that the Raptors were just purely living on the perimeter. They had 38 of their 91 in the paint. I thought they were aggressive. I thought they were going to the 10. Uh, I just didn't think that they were getting the same type of whistle tonight. And, um, you know, you got five fouls on Lowry, five on Ibaka. It just, uh, just I don't know, it didn't, it didn't sit right. But I'm not going to sit here and say that the refs lost this game for the Raptors because that is not the case. No, I, I would agree with that. The one thing I'd say on Lowry is it's just kind of, for me, it's just kind of a li- you live by the sword, you die by the sword. This is a guy, Lowry, who is going to, always be in the guts of the game we saw the I think it was the fourth foul he picked up was that charge attempt at, at half court and it's like if you're going to put yourself in that position occasionally the whistle is not going to go your way and this by no means is me you know having an indictment on Kyle Lowry it's just a case of you know if you're a volume shooter sometimes you're not going to fall and if you're a volume kind of you know foul drawer I guess is a terrible way to put that it, <laughs> eventually you're going to have these kind of nights you understand what I'm saying yeah I, I, I hear you and I'll, I'll tell you the other thing too is in spite of the fact that you are the uh, the reigning defending champs in spite of the fact that Nick Nurse uh, you know might be the clubhouse leader for coach of the year in spite of the fact that you've got uh, you know two guys going to the all-star game now and Siakam and Lowry uh, and you were in the midst of a 15 game win streak I still think this team has a bit of a reputation for uh, maybe talking too much sometimes and, and, and barking too much. And, you know, who's the league leader? Albeit it's a, it's a rule in the game that exists now and it's a tool that can be utilized, but who's the league leader in, in, uh, uh, in reviews? It's Nick Nurse in challenges. And, and, you know, who talks seemingly to the officials maybe more, I don't know, but more than anybody in the entire league. Yeah, but, probably more. You know, 
Kyle Lowry is chatting quite a bit, as is Nick Nurse. And I think that the reputation, as much as there are a lot of positive reputations, I think that, you know, the reputation for being um, never happy probably eh, follows you at times as well. And, and, and whether you're going to admit this or not, if you're official, you'd probably be foolish to actually admit it. I think that uh, at times reputation calls do factor and the human element does come in and, and if you could kind of go either way with a call maybe you're leaning towards the team that's not always barking in your ear and telling you you're terrible and thinking you do the worst job in the world <laughs> as opposed to you know the other way um i just wanted to ask you when serge Ibaka turned into kevin durant i mean <laughs> this guy has been unbelievable he, he almost carried them back into this game multiple times i'm so impressed with his three-point shot and just his overall game his defense is amazing tonight too yeah, you know what? I, he's found the fountain of youth, and I'll tell you, it, it begs to me a, a bigger question overall, um, which, you know, maybe it's, maybe it's foolish to be talking about this on, on February whatever, 12th, uh, with still, you know, 20, what, seven games now left in the season, I believe, if my math's right, and, and, and hopefully a long playoff run for Raptor fans. I don't know what you do at the end of the season yeah. um, because there's no denying that, that age is not necessarily on your side, but at the same time, He's found this fountain of youth, and, and, you know, can you expect or hope to get something similar to this next season if you lock him up? But then the, the, the bigger question, too, then, is the, the trickle-down effect of that is if, you know, you, you on one hand look at the roster and think you can't let Abaka and Gasol go because what do you have in the front court? Now, again, that's barring other trades, other signings, et cetera, but if you're letting those guys walk, well, now you have to definitely go fill the cupboard with some other bigs because I don't think you're going into next season with Boucher and, and Dewan Hernandez as your two primary bigs. So are you bringing back one? Are you bringing back both? Are you bringing back neither? And if you're bringing back one or both, how much money does it cost? Because you don't want it to completely tie your hands for the following summer when you're hoping to have money to play with and potentially make a run at whomever, whether it be Giannis or anybody else. But then you'll also have a decision that summer regarding Kyle Lowry. And, oh, yeah, by the way, this summer, while you're trying to figure out your bigs with Ibaka with Gasol, there's also Fred Van Vliet, who is only costing you more money with every day that goes by. Because I guarantee there will be at least one, if not 11 teams, trying to make a run at Freddie and throwing big money at him in the summertime to the point where you're going to have to step up to the plate if you're the Raptors and pay big-time dollars to keep him, which also then affects Gasol money, Abaka money if you're choosing to sign one or both, and then also affecting the numbers for next summer when you're trying to get in those sweepstakes and everything. So there are a lot of moving parts at play here. This is all great, this 15-game win streak. This is all great talking about possibly defending a championship, and this is all positive stuff, but there are very, very big decisions you know, looming around this team in the not-so-distant future. So just a quick, just to completely change uh, what I'm talking about here, but I just wanted to ask you, as a man who has great hair, great beard, <laughs> I know you respect that sort of thing. What the hell is going on with Wilson Chandler's look? That's got to be the worst hair in the league. That's terrible look. Uh, there's a lot of bad ones. There are a lot of bad ones. Yeah, is uh, Alfred Payton still got that whole <laughs> no, front no, flop he, he, thing going luckily, on? Luckily, he cut that thing off, so Thank that you. thing doesn't exist. Uh, um, yeah, it's, it's definitely not a good look. It's definitely not a good look. Now, that said... Uh, you know, I, I trust me. I'm getting thinner and thinner as the huh? as the days and the, as the years go on. So uh, you know, maybe maybe I shouldn't be the one calling out guys for <laughs> for hair because I only wish I could have enough hair to be able to do what he does and, and have those types of designs. I don't know if I could carry it off, but to me that would be a positive problem. I think there's some Photoshop uh, possibilities <laughs> yeah. here, Eric. Uh, okay, last last one for me uh, before I let you go. Our our poll question tonight. Obviously, this 15 game win streak is incredible. How much has it actually changed your kind of 
perception or expectations. I mean, this was always a team that we definitely thought could win around, maybe make a little more noise than that. But but has you know what they've shown in this so many winning so many different ways has it at all changed your expectations for the season? It, it hasn't changed mine at all because as you guys know, and I'm I'm. I'm certainly not patting myself on the back here. Uh, this is what I've said since training camp, and I've been wrong many times on other things, so that's why I'm saying I'm not patting myself on the back. I said back in October, uh, even late September, I felt that Toronto had every reason to think that they could be the two-seed again. They absolutely should be in the top four, and I said I'd be disappointed if they didn't have home court in the first round. And if you get home court, as much as it's not a guarantee, NBA history tells us there aren't a ton of upsets in the first round, again, it's happened, and it's happened to Toronto even, but I think you win the first round, now it's like, all right, can I win the second round? Can I at least be back in the conference finals? So to me, I've felt since day one, even you know, right on the heels of losing um, Danny Green and, and Kawhi Leonard, before I even knew how good a Terrence Davis would be or how much Ibaka would step up or how Pascal would emerge into an all-star setter, before I knew any of that, I felt Toronto still had enough pieces on this team to be, at the very least, a top-four team. So I'm not surprised by this. It doesn't change things for me. Uh, they're still kind of right there in the mix. And, and as I was noting, even late in the broadcast, um, you know, you maybe not are quite are looking over your shoulder, but at the same time, uh, Miami, they've started to drop a little bit. Boston's still nipping at your heels. All it's going to take is, you know, a two, three-game losing streak and one of those teams winning two or three while you kind of take a dip for a couple of games. And suddenly, that, that edge you have, that lead you had, uh, it's not that that not not that big anymore. So they got to keep playing hard here the last 27 games, and they can't rest on this 15 game win streak and think that now they're you know cool high and dry heading into a a second seed. I mean, hell, if you're looking for motivation, look at the fact that Miami is four and a half back of you, but you're only six and a half back of the Bucks. Make a run for Milwaukee. See if you can chase down that number one. You know, maybe that's your motivation in the second half. As Nick Nurse said before the game, guys, and I could leave you with this if you like. And they've said it a few times this year. Nurse has said it. Ibaka said it. I know multiple times. Toronto is looking at this season not like they're defending their title. They're splitting hairs maybe a little bit in saying this, and hopefully I'm articulating it properly. But they're not saying we're the reigning champs, we're the defending champs. They're saying we are the 2019 champions, and we're going to go try and win in 2020. That's the approach where let's just go do it again. Let's not defend what we have. You know what I mean? Yeah, no, that, that makes complete sense to me. And, and you you said it right there. The fact that they ripped off this streak and it's still a six and a half uh, gap between them and the Bucks at the top of the conference. Uh, a lot of work to do in the second half. Uh, Eric, I hope you get some time uh, in the next couple of days. You know, it's the all-star break coming up. So uh, thank you for Thanks, joining Steve. us tonight and a uh, great call. Yeah, I'm flying home to go to bed and wake up and fly to Chicago. So I'll, uh, I'll be uh, at the all-star festivities working for the next few days. And then uh, next week, have a few days before the Raptors are back at it next Friday against Phoenix. So. Uh, I don't know if you guys are working, but I might be chatting with you on the weekend from Chicago. It is entirely possible. Uh, there Thanks. he goes, Eric Smith. Right. There he goes, Eric oh, Smith. He goes, yeah. Right away, He's, he had enough of us. Eric <laughs> Smith, always good to talk with yep. him after the game. Uh, there's a lot to break down from this game. I don't think we can stop or, or glance over the very, very crucial, crucial point you brought up with Eric. What is going on with Wilson Chandler's <laughs> hair? That is my far and away look. They won 15 games in a row. They lost tonight. They didn't get a good whistle. Lowry had a bunch of fouls. There are going to be these nights. There are not nights where I should look up on my television screen. And I hope Eric wasn't describing that thing to anybody in their car because it sent them flying off the road, okay? You know, 
I like to refer to them as the water buffalo braids. If you've ever seen a water buffalo, it has two horns that kind of jut out from the side of its head, and they go up in almost a wave-like motion. I hope I'm doing a good job of describing this. That's what Wilson Chandler's braids look like. They start in the middle of his head and go out directly sideways. It is a look and a half. It kind of looked like... What I sort of thought it looked like was like a chandelier, yes, sort of yes. a chandelier that like goes down the side of his head. I don't know. That's just a bad luck. Man, oh man, they got some interesting hair on that team, actually. They're, well, I made the joke. I was I was watching the game with you and our uh, producer, JR, and they ha- they lead the league in guys who w- could walk into a 70s ABA gym Definitely. and nobody would blink. <laughs> Jared Allen, he fits right in. I'm Huge pretty, fro. Yeah, Dr. J and him are fighting, yeah. though. Oh, yeah, like yeah. It's like there For can sure. only be one. Yeah. And then Spencer Dinwiddie, you might not think much of it, but it's just something about the tight little fro, yeah. the goatee. goatee. He's kind of tall. Lanky. He's kind of like lanky. a guy that would have played in that league. For yeah, sure. It's just like they lead the league in dudes who would be just fine in the seventies. I will say that that's a team that you don't want to see the streak end against because the Raptors are just so much better than that team in well, every facet. Well, and that's right? the thing. It's like if if Kyrie's healthy or KD's healthy, yeah. it's like oh, one of those guys yeah. barbecues you. It's yeah. like okay, you live with that. That's a top fifteen player yeah, yeah. cooking you alive. Yeah. But yeah. it's like when it's Karis Levert and yeah. Jared Allen and Spencer Dinwiddie and DeAndre Jordan was really good tonight. Yeah, and Joe Harris. Uh, you cannot give that guy open looks. It's just, he lives for it. It's it's what he it's what he does. There he were far t- too many times where it was just like, ah, eh, he's wide open. You know what, how that's going to end. Here, so I got a I got a take that I want to ask you. Or no, it's not a take. It's a question take. Okay. So, do you think that there's any sort of validity to the fact that it's a sneaky good thing that the streak came to an end? No, I don't buy into that. I think that because you don't think that coming in all you talk about in going into the into the all-star break the whole narrative the whole weekend is how the raptors are this incredible streak yep and you go against you go against let's say you play against the suns next friday when they come back yep and they're going they're in a game where they're down eight and they're still running all their guys out there hard as they can mm. and you're chasing this thing okay and i just think that like these kind of streaks i didn't think these kind of streaks are so tiring because you're chasing history right i mean you're always wanting to have another streak and it, Maybe it's better just to win, I mean, let's say uh, 18 of 20 as opposed to not like I just I think there's a part of it where you're chasing this this dragon, I guess you can say chasing it so much that you just sort of tire yourself out when it's not what you're really looking for in your bigger goals. You're trying to get to the to the final again. Well, I mean, you you saw that tonight. There were how many times where if this wasn't the streak and also playing into it pulled, last pulled last starters. game before the all-star pulled game. Pulled starters, pulled 100%. Lowry with five fouls yeah. and you're running. He doesn't there, even come back. And in. they were still like they were hustling out there. Yeah. There is there is absolutely no quit in this team. Obviously part we, of a champion team. It truly definitely. never quits. We we joke about it. We see all the tweets yeah. on Twitter, but it's true. There's something about it. And we want to hear from you tonight. So please shoot us a text 59590 on the text. Line. Call us too if yeah, you want. Absolutely. Phone lines are open. 416 870 590 Star 590 on your cell. We do have a poll question going on tonight. I tweeted it out from my Twitter account. I think it's wonderful. You should follow along. I do think I tweet a little bit like Magic Johnson, but that's a topic for probably <laughs> later on in the show. So our poll question tonight, 15 game win streak comes to an end for the raps tonight. Our the rap poll question. Has the streak changed your expectations for the season? Yes, they can make a run. No, the East is very deep. So far, 79% of people saying the streak has changed their opinion and they do think the Raptors can make a run. What about you? How much no, has it I'm, changed your I'm in opinion? the majority as well. I mean, because they were, I mean, I wouldn't say they were middling before the streak. That's not the right term, but I wouldn't say they were this dominant force before the streak. They were definitely sort of, I think they were probably in the four or five range around there, like kind of battling for the third spot. Like they weren't, in the second seed sort of not, they're not solid in the second seed because they still have Boston chasing them. Who's I think one six or seven in a row of themselves. Yeah, They're hot. So 
I definitely would say that this has changed their perception. I mean, you look back over the streak, and I mean, they're all teams pretty much that you would expect. I mean, outside of, I guess, the two Indiana wins. Yeah. I mean, and I guess they beat the Sixers, and there's teams that you would expect them to beat pretty much. But you still have to go out and do it, and you still have to do it 15 times in a row, which is incredibly impressive. But I would say, yes, this has changed my perception of the team, and I really do think they can go up against anyone in the East, including the Milwaukee Bucks. I mean, I, I know it's crazy to start at the coaching matchup, but I love the coaching matchup Why between not? Nick Nurse it's, and Coach Bud. Look, I really do. Kyle Lowry's incredible. So is Pascal Siakam. But going into any playoff series, that's where the Raptors yeah. will have their biggest. If we're doing the old school the NFL game day matchups. is Polstra. Yeah, and he's scary. because, But it's because he has that perfect mix of kind of Nick Nurse juju. He has the ability to really, really push his players and know how to kind of push the right button or or try to challenge them or give them a little love. But he also is a tremendous, tremendous yeah. X and O's mind. The what it did for me in terms of the perception, though, is that it vaulted them to a place where there's no one. I think they're completely overmatched. Yes, against. exactly. Heading right. into the start of this streak, I thought, uh, you know what, a series against Boston that that could be tough. Now. Uh, and of course the bucks that yeah. was going to be a challenge and it's still it still absolutely will be but i am convinced now just because i've seen them win so many different ways throughout the streak it's not just a case of kyle lost it, like there is a world and we kind of saw it earlier in the season in which pascal siakam just loses his mind and carries this team on his back for 2 weeks at a time we we've seen it but that wasn't what this streak was it was siakam doing it you you may you you referenced serge ibaka looking like kevin durant yeah. he kind of has at certain points in this streak so that's what this has done for me it's really kind of changed the ceiling i always i always i don't know that it's really changed the floor for me i always felt like this team absolutely should win a round that was a non starter the the idea of losing to a to a pacers or a brooklyn yeah. or an orlando in the first round that is an absolute non starter for this team but now that they've hit this streak it does change things now of course, the one big Achilles and uh, the, the one big Achilles for me, and it's fairly obvious, it's rebounding. And yes, I know they're missing one of their centers, but yeah. somebody's going to get banged up in the playoffs. Yeah. It's going to happen. And you cannot be running like we've, we're seeing what the Rockets are doing now. You cannot run Rondé Hollis Jefferson out there no. as your starting center. It's just not it's not workable. Yeah, I mean, the Achilles heel for me, I, I agree with the rebounding. But I mean, you watch this game tonight. And this is a playoff sale game. It was a low scoring game where yeah. you got, where shots aren't going in. And you know who you would have loved to have tonight? Kawhi Leonard. Yeah, that's very true. You would have had to love, love to have a guy where you can just be like, you know what? No, nothing's going in. And you just give him the ball at the top of the key and he gets out of the way and he gets fouled. He gets to the cup. He gets his and you kind of build off of that. Right. So my big concern going into a playoff series, and I think it's probably a pretty popular concern amongst Raptors fan is if one, if let's say they shut down Pascal, I guess it's going to be Kyle yeah. and it's going to be Fred. And it's like, can you lean on those guys as a prototypical sort of superstar score in the playoffs? And I think that's a legitimate concern, but at the same time, you look at that game against uh, Minnesota the other night and they had how many guys that scored 20 points. The, the, the balance of scoring is really, really this team's strength. But when you, but when you get to the playoffs, you know that how many, like, I mean, oh, this team has tremendous depth and they get bounced. So it's it, a lot of the times it comes down to who has the best player or whatever. So that is what would concern me about the Raptors, but I really do think that the coaching and like the way they play defense and sort of just the smarts that this team has and the playoff experience. Look, just because Kyle, uh, Kawhi Leonard's gone, most of this team went through all those battles. They had huge contributions throughout the playoffs, so well, they, they know what it takes. Well, and aside from that, there are guys on this team who've been through wars long yes. before 2019. Yeah. Serge Ibaka lost in an NBA yeah. Finals to LeBron James like a decade ago. Yeah. It is amazing how long that yeah. guy and has an age. Has been doing. Yeah, looks exactly looks the same. The exact yeah. same. 
Uh, and Marc Gasol, he hasn't he hasn't been at quite as playoff tested, but another guy who's been in the thick yep. of battles. The the thing that you mentioned there about about Kawhi and comparing him to Pascal, that's just the difference between a star and a superstar, yeah, right? It's true. You trust Pascal nine times out of ten, you think he's going to come through. Same goes for Kyle, but that's just the difference between the elite one. This is kind of the difference between a millionaire and the true kind of one percent. You know, Kyle Lowry, Pascal Siakam, they're millionaires. They have a country club membership. Their house is beautiful, but the difference is is the uh you know Kawhi Leonard owns the entire country club is uh to wrap up this terrible metaphor that I'm doing here <laughs> well no, I mean I really really respect you bringing it back to golf our, our one true love together but no it's funny I just like I I loved what I I loved what I've seen from Pascal a lot this year I didn't love what I saw from him tonight I thought he was a little bit it's, it's just has nights where he's a little passive a little ghosty not like he just he doesn't have there's nights where he has it and there's nights where he doesn't and you can just tell really early on when it's going to be one or the other, right? Well, and you go back, you go back to the playoffs of last year. We don't talk about it because the Raptors won the championship, but there were some really hairy Pascal well, Siakam like moments. S- straight up scared. Straight up scared. Yeah. And same with Fred Van Vliet. And again, then Fred Jr. was born, and then we never talked about that again. But it's a it's a case where, you know, there have been hiccups and blemishes from these guys in the past. The hope, the dream, what you've seen at certain points in time is that it won't be an issue because they've kind of uh, dealt with these speed bumps. Uh, we are going to step aside here. The rap will continue until 11 o'clock. Sam and I are going to be here forever. We're here until 1. <laughs> in the morning on Sportsnet tonight. Very happy to do that. The wrap will continue. We want to hear from you. Please send us a text, 590-590. Also, you can give us a call, 416-870-0590, or star 590 on your cell. We will read some texts and tweets. Also, look at our poll question when the wrap continues. Because it's over, smile. Because it happened, the Toronto Raptors Ooh, ripping you're off. My best friend. You have a best friend. I'm in studio with my no. Oh, that's too much. You oh look at that, cutie. I love it. It is 10:30 on the Sportsnet Radio Network in Toronto. Toronto Raptors. 15-game win streak coming to a close on the road in Brooklyn. It was the last game before the All-Star break. Our poll question for the night that we have been asking you is, with the 15-game win streak, how much, if any, has it changed your perception and expectations for the season? Roughly 80% of people saying, yeah, this has changed the outlook for the season. We've been asking for your opinion on the text line. Again, you can shoot us a text, 590-590. Please include your name and location. Also, phone lines are open, 416-870-0590, star 590 on your cell. Sam, I saw a couple of uh, interesting texts there on the text line. Oh, yeah, I thought my mic was off there for a second. We're doing the radio. <laughs> uh, the Raptors didn't change my perception on what they should accomplish in the playoffs. They have yet to stay healthy all year. It's a great point. True. The record to the better teams was nerve-wracking for me in early in the season, but the Western road trip where they po- played both LA teams really tough, that was what sealed the expectations for them. Tim and Alliston. Good good text. I have family in Alliston, so I'm very yeah, happy to hear from uh, from Northern. Well, I'm sure like people in Sudbury wouldn't consider <laughs> no, it Northern Ontario. No, it's, but really, it's like no, kind of Western. I know, you're Owen Sound. Yeah, you're yeah. like, don't say it's Northern Ontario. <laughs> Anything above Vaughn is basically Northern <laughs> Ontario to me. 
I, I agree with all that. I, I If memory serves me correct, the Raptors were a little banged up heading into one of those L.A. Yeah, games. They, didn't they beat the Lakers without Kyle Lowry? Yes, that is it. Okay, I was remembering. And, and, then, and then the Clippers game they was got a, hurt in the game against and then the, the Pelicans. Clippers game was a super close yeah. loss as well. That yeah. that that was a, definitely an eye-opener for me for what this team could be. Because, again, you take Kawhi Leonard out of a team's ecosystem, and it's just so weird because they had times where they didn't have a minute, so you had seen what it looked like, but you never know how a team's going to react to losing a player like Kawhi. And, you know, obviously it was a little extra special because they went into L.A. and pushed him as much as they did. But I, I think that's an interesting point. That's an OG when he got clawed in the eyes oh, by Kawhi. Right. Yeah. And it was just like a little uh, claw and claw crime there. That was <laughs> that was frustrating. I mean, it's that's a really good point by that texture to think that back then, even this team was really showing flashes of, we might be kind of special. We might have some moxie even without Kawhi. And, you know, obviously Kyle Lowry wasn't a factor in those games, but he'd been such a, such an important piece for this team. So I, I think it's interesting to highlight those games, but I mean, definitely as the, you know, body of work has gotten larger and larger, you're just going to feel a little more certain about what you get from this team kind of night in and night out. Um, this is from a nameless person. Guys or girls, please text us in with your name and location. Please. How do you feel about OG and his consistency? This is a this is a great question because I think I'd I'd like to preface it by That's saying the number one knock. That is. I'd like to preface it by saying I'm going to make some excuses for OG. And Let me OB. have it. Okay, look. This is a guy who's never really had a consistent run in his NBA career where he hasn't been some kind of banged up in any way. This is the closest we've come this season. And he's been poked in the eye like seven times. It feels like this year, he missed the entire playoff run or most of it last year. When you would think most of this kind of seasoning of a young player would occur. He really did kind of get put on the back burner a little bit last year with Kawhi here and Pascal taking the step. The consistency is the knock, but it's because they haven't consistently asked things of him. And I think that, you know, what comes first, chicken or the egg? If he shows that he can be consistent, does the team look to him more? Well, of course. But if he's asked to do something every single night, aside from just be a good defender, maybe he's going to show to be more consistency. Well, what's your read on it? I do love the, I think his consistency on the defensive end is very important for the Raptors, for sure. But I definitely would like more out of him. I think... There's part of me that's not, I wouldn't say the word is scared, but there's part of me that's uh, slightly concerned that this is exactly what OG and Nobi is going to, is going to be for the rest of his career. Yeah. Like, I, I don't think like, there's part of me that thinks there's never going to be, there's not going to be another step. Well, and that's the thing is that's what elevates this team to another level, right? Is the fact that if OG can take a step and be a, even a fringy all-star, yeah. something approaching yeah. that it's. Think about what that would do to the ceiling of this team. I mean, you have you have Kyle, you have Kyle who's an all star. You have Pascal who's an all star. Serge is playing like one right mm-hmm. now. I can understand why he didn't get in. Yeah. But then you also have Fred who's a fringy all star. And then if you have a guy like OG again, not this year, but maybe in a year or two, it just completely changes the complexion for for what this team could be. Yeah, and you just met you mentioned those guys, and it just got me thinking about what Eric Smith was talking about there. But it's like, yeah, let's not think about this team without Marcus All. Serge Ibaka and Fred Van Vliet next year. Cause that's, that's an actual possibility. Well, so the, let's, let's not look, let's look past that sort of bit of knowledge that he brought up when answering my last question. I mean, you, you put the speed bump in front of me. I got to step yeah. on it for a minute here. The Van Vliet one is, is outright terrifying. Yeah. It's getting scary. Here's it's the scarier thing. Every game. Serge Ibaka, Marcus Gasol, they're a little bit older. 
I don't know that there's a like four year max sitting out there no. waiting for those no. guys. You can probably talk them into taking a little less or this is what we need you to do to fit it in. This is this is Fred Van Vliet's time. And yeah. there are teams out there that are dying for a point guard. I you could picture the world where the Knicks miss out on everything and they oh, yeah. just give Fred Van Vliet all the money yep. and then it ends very poorly for yep. Fred because he's being asked to shepherd a atrocious organization like <laughs> that I, that's the scenario nobody wants we don't want it for Fred we don't want it for the Raptors it's it's a very it, it's right there and then the other scenario of that is just down the 401 Dwayne Casey is sitting there in Detroit oh, yeah. with a pile of money and not a good player to be found i can't see derrick rose sticking around there i believe we uh, do have a call oh oh ray from richmond hill calling in uh ray how are you doing tonight hey not too bad guys yeah i'd be yeah i'd be a little concerned about uh detroit there they need a point guard badly reggie jackson not the answer for detroit hey look guys you know like uh like you guys were talking off you know top of the show you know, the, this, this streak, like I always thought trying to be like, you know, third or fourth, you know, realistically, but with the streak and the way everybody's, uh, you know, Terrence Davis, all these other guys have contributed, uh, you know, gives me a lot of hope uh, for down the stretch and in the playoffs. But one thing I wanted to ask you guys, you know, with the, with the trade deadline and Detroit, uh, Cleveland pick up uh, Detroit center, uh, you know, there was talk at the time that uh, Tristan was kind of ticked off about the fact that, you know, he's going to see less playing time. There was speculation that maybe he wants out. I'm just wondering, uh, with the buyout market, do you think there's a possibility that uh, Cleveland uh, might buy out uh, Tristan? Uh, well, I, I think, uh, thanks for the call, Ray. I really appreciate that. Uh, the, I definitely see a world in which Tristan Thompson gets bought out, even if it saves him just a couple of dollars. I don't know why they would want to pay yeah. him. Even in a world where it saves him, I don't know, and I know it's a lot of money to us, but even in a world where it saves him 250K, yeah. 500 grand, they whatever it. it ends up being, absolutely you do it. The world would love Tristan Thompson, Brampton boy, son of the GTA to come there, back here. That ain't happening. There's no chance he's not on the LA Lakers two days after he gets on the bio uh, that, that massive contract that he has. Uh, the only reason he has it is because he belongs to LeBron James yeah. clutch agency. Uh, they gifted the, him that deal when LeBron was still in Cleveland. The, the, the footprints are right there. He the, is going to walk to Staples center. The only, the only reason I wouldn't see it is because of they, they don't have a ton of depth in a lot of positions, but the one position the Lakers do have depth in is centers. Yeah. Raptors and Lakers need to make a uh, post deadline yeah. trade. There. So it's they like, have, cause they have AD, they have Dwight Howard and they have JaVale McGee. And you can obviously argue that, uh, that, um, Tristan Thompson is an upgrade on all those guys, not Anthony Davis, obviously, but on, um, no, I don't think so. No, on my God, Dwight Howard yep. and JaVale, JaVale McGee. McGee words. So I think, I think there's an argument to be had that he is sort of, an, but I, I think that the sort of, friendship and the ties to the to the agency and the money and all that stuff i think it's a pretty much a guarantee that he ends up i don't know if he wants to be come some guys don't want to come home like there's some guys that just like that's not like an ideal situation not everybody's john Tavares. not everybody wants to come back to toronto well and the other thing is is that it's almost like there's no upside if the raptors don't win the championship what is he coming home to he's part of the team that couldn't get it done that couldn't defend the title yeah. uh, yes there's more playing time yes there's more opportunity yes 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 but this is a star driven leave and if you get a chance to play with lebron james you pretty much always do it and i could never knock somebody yeah for that. i mean i think he would like to run the pick and pop again probably with him and then just get those offensive boards and maybe win another title with lebron why wouldn't you and i mean it's it's absolutely in play we will uh talk a little bit more uh kind of general nba uh sean hyken will join us uh we'll 
a little after midnight tonight. We'll uh, look around the rest of the league. Obviously, a lot of Lakers, Clippers talk to be had, but we will uh, stick with the Raptors tonight. Raptors losing, finally, unfortunately, dropping the win streak in Brooklyn. 101 uh, is the final score there. The Nets snapping the Raptors' 15-game win streak last game before the All-Star break. Again, text us on the text line, 590-590. Sam, what's uh, going on there? Andre and Mississauga. The Raptors are a very deep team. They just haven't been healthy. But if they get healthy by playoffs, I can see them back in the East Finals again. That's my case. I'm kind of at the point now where East Finals is what is a fair and realistic expectation Agreed. for this team. Who outside of the Bucks do you think, oh, Raptors can't beat those guys? There's nobody. There's nobody. Yes, the Sixers are, of all teams, I know, the Sixers are scary just because of the size. They get mm-hmm. killed. The Raptors get killed on the glass. Every single night. It doesn't even matter if they have a good rebounding night. They're going to, even when Gasol and Ibaka were both in the lineup, still getting killed on the glass. And we know that Joel Embiid gets put in Marc Gasol's pocket every time they play <laughs> yes, each other. But that is the part of that, that series that just, it, it scares me. But the Raptors should be considered favorites over everybody other than Milwaukee in any playoff series in the East. Yeah. And I mean, like I, like I said it off the top of the show, I, I really can see a world in which Nick Nurse figures out something and they pack the paint against Giannis and guys start missing shots and guys, I mean. Well, did you hear what Giannis said today about the birth of his, uh, yeah, yeah, about how he's going to uh, channel his inner Fred Van Vliet and hopefully he can get the threes to start dropping. If that happens, it's game over. It's a wrap. Yeah, it's no, going to be yeah. a Bucks lakers uh, NBA final and we can just go to it right now. If Giannis is going to start hitting shots, that's what your NBA finals. Well, like. Giannis is, you know what he's thinking about? He's, he's thinking about game five. Yeah, of last uh, right. of the last playoff run where Fred VanVleet turned into I don't even know Steph Curry and Reggie yeah. Miller combined and was yeah. just raining them in and they won that <laughs> game, and that was probably one of the most crucial games in that run. So that's funny. I mean, you know what that kind of is to me. I mean, as a guy from the outside looking in, I mean, that's kind of a team in your head. If oh, you're talking about absolutely, you're talking about Fred VanVleet after the birth of your child, bro. Like, <laughs> come on. Like, yeah. I mean, I don't know. I just think that the Bucks and the Raps. I think you have to play a lot into sort of the not ownership, but I mean, how many times have they played them in the playoffs? They've beat them a couple times in the playoffs, right? So yep. I have the shirt from the uh, 2017 game one I attended. Spoiler oh, wow. Alert. And they lost that and game. they lost that yeah. game. Shocker. Yeah. Game one, they That's lost? That's right. Yeah, wow. I know. Who would have thunk? So, no, I think there's a little bit of in your head, sort yes. of in your headness, I guess you could say, but I think there's definitely that part of it. But you know what? There's also part of it. Giannis is scary good. And, and he's going to be overly motivated to beat the Toronto Raptors and they're not going to have a guy to put in his hip pocket like they did with Kawhi. So it's going to be, a, it's going to be a tough matchup if they make it that far, but I definitely think they have a chance to beat. Well, them. we had, we had the texter who texted in earlier, earlier on tonight, asking about OG and his consistency. If he brings it every single night defensively and he's able to slow up Giannis in any type of way, that's more than consistent enough for me. Uh, please continue to text us five ninety five ninety on the text line. Uh, Sam, something uh, piqued your attention there. Yeah. Raps are going to the finals. Gasol will eat. Embiid again. Milwaukee doesn't scare me. And this next line is just Toronto Raptors fandom <laughs> through and through. Only the refs scare me. <laughs> Ernie and Aurora. And you know what? I mean, that's a fair take. I like, especially in the playoffs. And I mean, there's, so there's a lot of games last playoffs where they were really, really, really sketchy. But do you still? Okay, here's the thing. I think against the Bucks, the whistle is still terrifying because superstars are so, so respected oh, yeah, yeah. in this league. But I honestly think the Raptors are defending champs. I would think Come against on. just about anybody else. Come they're on. getting calls. You don't think they're getting calls against, like we talk about this team having its uh, propensity to, to kind of whine, to moan, to complain a little bit about all of these uh, calls. 
if they get in a series with Philly, the refs are going to be wearing earmuffs because they're not going to want to hear it from anybody on the court. So I think there is a world in which the Raptors are kind of more respected there by the refs. We will continue on the rap. More hot ref talk. We'll hear from Pascal Siakam as well. We'll read a couple more texts. Uh, the rap will continue till 11, and then uh, Sam Key and myself will be here till 1 on Sportsnet tonight. When we come back, the rap will continue. Welcome back to The Wrap, turning into Sportsnet tonight shortly. We're about five minutes left here in The Wrap. Uh, we've enjoyed your text tonight, 590-590 on the text line. I know uh, Ernie and Aurora not liking my optimistic uh, nature that The Raps may one day get a call in the playoffs. He uh, sent about 17 question marks responding to that. Uh, me suggesting that The Raps might actually get a call. Uh, we will hear about the uh, little bit of frustrating nature from the officials tonight. Uh, First up, we will hear from Pascal Siakam. Um, we missed a lot of shots. Um, I don't think our intensity was where it was supposed to be. Um, and, you know, they came out of play. Um, they, they made a lot of shots, and, and you know, we didn't. So um, I think, you know, great job to them. Um, you know, like I said, hell of a run, and, and you know, we just got to take, take that, that L and keep, keep moving. Can you take a step back and figure out how hard it is to win 15 games in a row. What goes in? I mean, I think for us, like, we didn't really think about it. Um, it was about every single night coming in, uh, having the same focus. And, and you know, there was games where we didn't, it didn't look like we were going to win, but we ended up winning. And I think we just taking those learning experiences. And, and, and like you said, we, we know what's important. Like, we're not, we're not worried about winning streaks. Like, it's, it's about continuing to get better, understanding what we're not doing right, and, and, and making sure that we fix them. And, um, you know, comes April, May, and June, like, we, we know what to do. You guys had to feel real good, though. Oh, uh, yeah, hell of a right? month, hell of a month, you know. Um, got a lot, a lot of good wins, you know. I mean, it was fun, um, you know, just every single night. Um, winning different ways, and, 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 and I think, you know, it builds character, and, 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 and it's important to um, have those type of wins. And, 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 and at, at the end, you know, we lost tonight, but it doesn't really matter, you know. We, we, we know what we did, you know, wrong, what we didn't, you know, we didn't have. You know, we're just going to go back and, you know, next game, try, try to get a win. What are you most excited about this week for this weekend? Um, the break for sure. I mean, uh, maybe expecting a little bit more break. I mean, I don't know if Chicago is really a break, but um, but obviously All Star Game and first All Star, it's, it's, it's going to be an amazing time with family, and uh, yeah, I'm excited about it. Are you planning any like cool moves? In the court? Cool moves? <laughs> uh, I don't know. Uh, I mean, we'll see. <laughs> I don't know why iconic. <laughs> Um, but you know, I'm sure it's gonna be fun, man. Just being around those those type of players and and, and having that type of weekend, man, it's, it's amazing. I don't know if we'll get any cool moves from Pascal. He, <laughs> he didn't sounds seem... broken up about that loss. Eh? Yeah, yeah, definitely. <laughs> Just oh, devastated. Cool moves, eh? Yeah. yeah. Uh, about to get a little time uh, off during the break. Not as much as the rest of his teammates. Of course, he'll be busy. I'm sure he's happy about that. Heading to uh, the All Star Game. He's not the only Raptors All Star though. Also headed to Chicago. Kyle Lowry, and now we will hear from him. I'm glad to get away from him. <laughs> we need separation, man. Like, you know, you've been grinding since September, and you need this time to kind of, you know, mentally decompress, physically physically decompress. Um, 
And, you know, let guys go and live their lives, and then we come back together and have the kind of a newfound excitement to see each other again. And um, that's the one thing about the break. It gives you that time away from your brothers. You know, you you know you love being around them, but, you know, you can get to the point. We have a great team, so we don't mind being around each other. But, you know, when you get back together, it's kind of like, all right, fellas, let's, you know, good to see you. Let's have some more fun. Fred said he didn't see a lot of game plan changes from them tonight. Uh, where, where did you Say that one more time. Fred didn't see a lot of game plan changes from them mm -hmm. tonight. Where did you see the game kind of flowing the way you did? They made shots. They played well. We, we didn't play too well. They stuck with their coverages. They stuck with their game plan. They stuck with their schemes. Um, you know, we didn't, we played walking, you know, we kind of walked the walking zombies a little bit. We didn't play well tonight. Simple as that. We, we missed shots. We weren't aggressive. We just didn't play well. And give them credit. They played their butts off, and uh, they, they beat us. It's only one game. Nick said the goal wasn't necessarily, isn't necessarily to catch Milwaukee. It's just to kind of be as the highest seed that you can possibly be. Is that your assessment, or are you I looking think, at where they're at? No, I don't, we don't look at that. We just kind of, we're, we're trying to be the best team we could be April, May, and June. And I think that's the constant message that we've all had. And no matter who's in front of who's behind us, we got to worry about ourselves. And really, once we get to April, May, June, we want to be the best team that we can be and keep continuing to get better at that point. Milwaukee? Yeah, I don't know. We got to play basketball. They gotta, we got to win games. They got to lose games. I don't know. We, we worried about the Toronto Raptors. Yes. Um, what are you excited about this coming weekend? Uh, just hanging with those guys, uh, having my having my kids around like always, and, and being around be around those other all stars and great legends that are that will be there. Um, you know, just being able to celebrate, you know, uh, individual successes, but also your team successes, and um, and to be around you know great guys, man. All these all stars and legends and three-point contest guys and, and dunk contests and skill challenge. It's great guys, and, and to be a little bit of our league and have some camaraderie, it's fun. Kyle Lowry with the extremely relatable, what are you most looking forward to about All-Star break? Yeah, uh, getting a little time away from the people I've spent nothing but time <laughs> with for the past, uh, oh, I don't know, three, four months. Obviously not the way they wanted to head into the break with a loss. Uh, Sam McKee and myself, Brent Gunning, we will have you covered for Sportsnet tonight. Lots to get into coming up when we return. A little Leafs talk. Uh, we'll be joined by Ryan Fancy, a writer at the Leafs Nation, coming up on Sportsnet tonight.